first aeon, I was the great spirit. In the second aeon, men knew me as the horned god, pangenitor, panthage. In the third aeon, I was the dark one, the devil. In the fourth aeon, men knew me not, for I am the hidden one. In the fifth aeon, I appear before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new aeon, I appear to you as C.M.N. Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above is commentary on the magic art in the years of the primal form the dawn of terrestrial birth oh that was very educational now magic will take place don't be fooled by what i just said welcome everybody i'm sabotage mirage kennedy and this is chaos magic news the only media outlet reporting directly from jay-z's personal satanic temple as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Charles Dexter's Laboratory. H how you doing, D -D. Dexter? DD, get out of the dreamland of unknown Kadath. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good one. I hope the listeners appreciate how much effort we put into these. It, it took us seven hours to come up with that. And six of those were just trying to get the letters to fit. Yeah. Uh, so how you doing? How's everything what going? What way does this R go? <laughs> what do you mean? There's no Z in Dexter. Uh, so how are you? I'm, I'm okay. I can't complain. I had a pretty good, uh, had a pretty good night to end my week. Got to dance with Eris, listening to girl talk. Always a good time, right? Sounds lovely. Yeah. It's a good way to spend your, uh, Friday discordians. Get you a hot dog with no bun. Just go to the club, hear a guy mash up um, Michael Jackson and uh, freaking Lil Nas X. Imagining the type of viewer that we get, I'm sure a lot of those people don't even know. They don't know who Michael Jackson is or they don't know who Lil Nas X is. So pick your poison. I, I think most people know who Michael Jackson is, even if you're not like familiar with their music. You, you might know them a little more for their um, eccentricities. That's a real dead air statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't want to say like they're, they're, they're Jeffrey Epstein, but they sang and danced. They made a carnival instead of a weird temple. Yeah. Uh, that's a fun time. Anyway, so it, we had a an epiphany the other day while we were discussing things. And um, Charles and I have um, realized that it's entirely possible that some of the unfortunate souls that have uh, wandered into the CMN pod don't actually know what chaos magic is. There might be some longtime practitioners who don't know what chaos magic is. I mean, yeah, especially as, a, as chaos. Or KOTs. Uh, okay, that's, yeah, that's perfect because I've heard that term and I've heard both pronunciations 
But nine times out of 10, if you're actually talking about this with anyone, they don't want to use that term. <laughs> so I had a friend. So I had a friend that is magical, but not a chaos magic person per se. And they asked me how it was pronounced. And I told them what I thought, but they said they had asked someone else. And the response they got was nothing is true. Everything is permitted, which is the perfect encapsulation of why <laughs> coyotes are insufferable people. Let's be honest. Chaos uh, magicians, we, uh, we don't like giving straight answers because that person probably had a way that they say it too, right? I'm sure they had a way that they actually pronounce it. But their immediate response to anyone being new is to just say, Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. Ooh. You could pronounce it however you want. Yeah, that's magic. It's all valid. It's all valid. It's all magic. It's sort of like how when you first go into, like, Wicca circles, people, like, throw out the, the, the rule of three stuff at you and all that kind of nonsense. Well, I mean, a, a certain branch of Wicca people, because... I, I've yet to meet two Wiccans that agree on anything unless they were like, oh yeah, I learned magic from so-and-so. Well, that's more of a occultism thing in general. Nobody agrees on anything. They all hate each other. I agree with that. But I also hate you. Well, now we have to fight, don't we? <laughs> like, well, now I don't. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, so, in the spirit of giving everyone a good idea of what chaos magic actually is. We're going to do some, uh, we're going to do some noob talk here. Where, where should we start? Should we, do you want to start with the history of a uh, chaos magic to kind of, we briefly touched on that in the first episode, but it was more of an aside of like, yeah, yeah, it starts here, I guess. And, but who cares? We don't do that anymore. I think maybe we should start with a very simple explanation of the method and the practice, and then we can break into the history. Okay. So, what what's the the basic distillation of chaos magic then well even that is a complicated answer but there's two go-tos that i will work with classically when it was first introduced there was the notion of kia and chaos which kia being the singular point of consciousness or life force or the will if you would and then there's chaos, which is the, the boundless everything else, which is the driving force of change in the universe. And when Kia meets chaos, that's when magic happens. So the notion of a singular point of will that will interact with the great other to produce change and conformity with will. Okay. That is more or less where it starts in Lieber Null and a couple other things. And a lot of that is cribbed from Austin Osmond Spare, but that's not the important part. In more recent times, chaos magic is increasingly defined by a non-answer. There is no explanation for how any of this stuff works, just that it does if you take what works and keep applying it and throw away what doesn't work, you will eventually have a incredibly practical approach based on results and the quote unquote scientific method 
And that is the end goal. You just want to be able to use whatever works whenever it works and not be tied down to anything. Now, at the same time, when it was introduced with the notion of Kia and chaos, that was still the driving idea. You were using this very basic duality to free yourself from every other arbitrary guideline. Everything would work if you could properly use it to have your Kia manifest and interact with chaos. Okay. Well, that's simple enough. So playing uh, the noob here then, what, where, where do I start? Like if the idea is I just have to be able to get Kia to, you know, I, or am I Kia? What I, I don't understand. How, how do I make those terms you just gave me into uh, magic? Okay, the idea would be by achieving the state that Peter Carroll referred to as gnosis, which was a complete mental, spiritual vacuity that would free Kate, that would free Kia to reach out through the aether and create that change with chaos. Okay. So the idea was that all of your magical practices would work if you could use them to achieve a sufficient state of gnosis. Well, how do I, how do I know that it worked? Did it work? Oh, so you're telling me that I I have to sit here and just come up with things and hope they work until I get results? That's kind of whack. Isn't there an easier way? Like I suppose that the easier way is to just steal things. That's the thing I wanted to get at with chaos magic is so much of it really comes down to this idea of taking things that were already being done and working with them to see if they function the way that they're supposed to. In theory, you could be a chaos magician and never actually make anything yourself. You don't have to come up with any ideas, really. All the only prerogative that you have is to test things and see if they work. Absolutely. I think it's sort of inevitable that as someone doing various magical rituals, and the more you expose yourself to it as well, that you won't eventually have an idea yourself. But it's not necessarily about any sort of new or creative ideas. It's more based in results. I know... um, uh, Lieber K, for instance, has you create your own things, right? It doesn't explicitly say that you have to create them. I suppose you could crib stuff to make it fit whatever conjuration you're on. But I believe the notion, if done properly, you're going to be creating a lot of things wholesale or at least tailoring them to suit your needs. Well, that, I think that supports what I'm getting at here more than anything. It's, as you said, it doesn't explicitly well, say it, but it will sort of be an inevitable part of the process, I think. And I think getting back to the very first episode where I talk about the innovative edge of magic is that you won't be able to experiment with these things and not come up with your own shortcuts and idiosyncrasies. You're going to come up with something that somebody hasn't done simply by virtue of being 
somebody with a unique set of experiences that are going to reflect in a certain way. It's just going to happen. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to create your own wholesale mythology. It doesn't mean that you need to come up with a crazy idea just for the sake of it. There are benefits to that. But I think just by virtue of taking any sort of system and then freeing yourself from the conventions of it, where it's, I can, I, I can do workings with Ganesha while still not going wholesale and being a Hindu. You're going to find things that because you're not tied down to the specifics of a tradition that are going to work in a way that are unique to your experience. Right, right. And that's sort of the difference between just magical eclecticism, as it were, and chaos magic, right? If you were someone that was doing just lots of different rituals from different traditions, and I suppose you came up with some, well, either you came up with a convoluted magical system that incorporates all these different, you know, deatific or um, supernatural forces into a way that's coherent to you. Maybe you're just a pantheist, I suppose. Or ideally, I think the psychological model isn't something like that. But as far as what I see with people, the psych model tends to turn into that. There are so many people that do chaos magic, at least from my perspective, that aren't chaos magicians in the strictest sense because they just have very nice psych model explanations for all these sort of things, not in a way that is reactive towards the sort of belief as a tool aspect of chaos magic. They're a lot more, you know, Joseph Campbell, Carl Jung, um, or even Anton LaVey dramatized, dramatized psychological aspects or whatever you want to come up with. I think one of the things that we've lost as we have distanced ourselves from that emphasis on the notions of Kia and interacting with chaos and also the ideas of gnosis, because I know chaos magicians who will basically say, oh, I don't, I don't worry about that. I just do the magic and if it works, it works. But I think one of the things that by losing the, the very, very minute bedrock chaos magicians and chaos magic has become such an amorphous and nebulous entity that you could make the argument that anybody is a chaos magician or anybody isn't a chaos magician. And that's especially with um, contemporary practice where so many of us that are chaos magicians don't have any sort of commonality between us. It's a lot more of um showing up we all disagree and we all hate each other (laughs) yeah right exactly but the only thing that unites us is sort of a shared eclecticism a distrust of hard and fast theories even if we have our own anyone knows me would probably accuse me of some sort of very um dogmatic well yeah egomania but dogmatic beliefs mostly stemming from my uh, criticisms of how we conceive of chaos magic. Well, I think it's also worth noting that 
with the idea of chaos magic being about breaking away from dogmatic answers and dispensing with absolutes and embracing the fact that every model is arbitrary and all things can be made to serve in some form or fashion, it makes absolute sense that a lot of the bedrock of chaos magic got tossed the hell out. Of course they did. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. Especially because Peter Carroll and a lot of the other early ones, I'll use Peter Carroll because he wrote Lieber and all, but Peter Carroll didn't claim to get this from on high. He didn't get it from the usherer of the new Aeon. He didn't get it from the grand manifestation of chaos itself. He was just somebody who said, hey, I've been studying this and these are the conclusions I've reached and I think we have a new idea going. So without any supreme claim to uh, divine or magical authority, it's very easy to go, eh, I don't, I don't think I need that. Well, yeah, and that's the fact that someone practicing the methods of chaos magic came to some conclusion that, yeah, you know, this Kia chaos thing, you don't really need it. It's, it, it doesn't, believing in that doesn't do anything towards the rest of your beliefs, so why even have it? it if, it's what um, Bert Dreyfus would have called like a meta-belief, I suppose. But even then, it's not necessary. There are plenty of alternative ideas that you could use to explain why chaos magic functions, or rather why all other magics do function when you take a chaos magic perspective. And you should take all of those perspectives and all of those ideas and play around with them. Pick them up, put them down, switch them around. Who cares? Maybe if you do that, you'll get somewhere. Right. At this, at the same time, I personally do like falling back on that key and chaos, not so much on a notion of metaphysical validity, but as a very good metaphor for the notion that the practitioner is Kia, everything else in the, the conceivable, experienceable or unexperienceable universe is chaos. So you're trying to extend yourself from where you're at into the greater. And that's where the magic happens, baby. How does that end up ultimately any different than anyone else just being like, oh, I'm an individual trying to reach out into the world? I don't have a good answer for that, but at the same time, what else have you got? Right. I The only answer I have for that would be like a simple like, oh, well, when you use something like the world, you conceive of the world in a certain way. Or if you use a term like the universe, you conceive of the universe in a certain type of way. So when you pick a term like chaos, it at least breaks it down that you don't have to give yourself a hard and fast rationale or um you don't have to designate something as this is what i'm actually affecting yeah sure that's a that's a pretty good one yeah i i, I it, suppose the it simplifies it a you're bit. showing your you're showing your heideggerian qualities by talking about the world yeah yeah i since we already said that let's just go into criticisms of chaos magic as it exists now because you and i both agreed in the first episode and 
continue to agree that chaos magic is the only real area of innovation in magic right now. Agreed. Anyone that's doing, there's probably plenty of people that are like, oh, I'm not a chaos magician that are kind of just doing chaos magic. Again, nebulous term. You can make the argument that anyone is or isn't at this point. As far as criticisms that you have, do you want to say anything? Because you know, I, we already know where I'm going with mine, and it will be a slog for some of our listeners. I'll have to put on the circus music. Um, I think my big critique of Chaos Magic isn't nearly as much with the lack of a metaphysical underpinning or even a consistent methodology or terminology it's not that people disagree it's not that we don't have anything to agree on it's much more about the fact that chaos magic has turned into a shorthand for very poorly thought out and poorly performed magic right everything having the potential to work doesn't mean everything works it doesn't mean that you get to just do things willy-nilly and say it's going to work because that's how you convince yourself that you're some kind of miraculous worker that everything is wonderful for you and you are all powerful in your reality and then meanwhile you're sleeping on your friend's couch you lost your job at arby's (laughs) no one wants to hang out with you because you don't wear deodorant And every time you spend five minutes smoking a J with your boys, you start talking about the Kabbalah and they're like, guy, I'm just trying to play Madden. Either that or you start crying about how your significant other broke your heart and you're never going to get over it, which just all the hallmarks of somebody who clearly doesn't have their shit together, but has convinced themselves that they are super duper good at this because they don't actually hold themselves to any reasonable standards of this work. Yeah, honestly, um, my, my criticisms of a philosophical nature for chaos magic are very secondary to that sort of culture. And that's not a problem specifically for chaos magic. There's lots of people that do, you know, stuffy robe, traditional magic, as we'd call it here. That are probably really bad at it and just convinced that they're great. It also has to do with the thing that, you know, magic isn't real. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. But ultimately it's, I do find a very, very wide swath of of practitioners are people who are unwilling to acknowledge that something didn't work or they're completely oblivious to when something doesn't work. Probably oblivious when something does work. Exactly. These are people that live in a fanciful world where they just really like the ideas of magic and spooky stuff and they don't have anything to show for it somebody who told me that they did magic and because of that they got a slightly better job and they have a one-bedroom apartment and their dog got better after they did magic and then took it to the vet 
I, I'd have more respect for somebody who has a humble, a humble offering of like what it has actually done to improve their life than anybody claiming that they are the, the, the super double Crowley when meanwhile their life is a fucking train wreck. There was a tweet I saw in the occultosphere about how you shouldn't have gurus and teachers that don't have their lives together. And someone got really uppity about it, talking about Jordan Peterson even, which was really funny because everyone, you know, if you know anything about Jordan Peterson, you already know the, the big criticism of like, yeah, man, Jordan Peterson told you to clean your room, bucko, and look at his shitty fucking room. Got addicted to benzos and all that kind of stuff. You're going to let that guy tell you how to run your life. And it's absolutely it's a criticism that has a whole lot of merit, but it's not 100 percent perfect, I suppose, because. Honestly, who are we to judge anyone's life as long as they're happy and doing what they want to do? Well, that's the problem is that most of these people aren't fucking happy, right? Be the first to tell you about how miserable they are. Right. But then they'll ping pong, they'll ping pong back in the other direction Mm -hmm. where they were really, they were really sad crying about their ex-girlfriend. And the next day they're here to give us all the new law. Right. It's this probably sounds incredibly judgmental. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, it's a, it's judgmental, but I think it comes from a good place because it has nothing to do with people being terrible. I think it just has to do with them having to do better. And in fact, it goes back to what we talked about at the, the end with uh, Ricky on the Halloween episode, the simple sort of things like dream journaling. If that's part of something you're trying to do meditating every day, these very basic fundamental kind of practices that people, a, don't do and B don't take seriously. And then they wonder why their magic doesn't work or C get mad when you tell them they should try it or that they should stick to it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's even, it goes back to the first episode. Cause we were talking, I, I made the comment that you were doing Lieber K and it was like, it's kind of a remedial text for somebody that's been doing it for a while, but that's the, the almost the point it- that, it's these very basic sort of things that because at the end of the day, and I I said it in an interview with somebody that's going to be coming up, all chaos magic is telling you to do is to do something and see your results and go from there. It's an incredibly simple idea and an incredibly simple, simple, simple system. It's not that hard to record results after you do magic. It's really not. It's also not that hard to admit something didn't work. It's not that hard to admit, well, I guess I have to go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. The disappointment that you're going to experience when something doesn't go through is something you're going to deal with your entire life. You might as well have the positive spin of, well, I can always try again. Because if you spend a lot of time trying to mystify and pull the wool over your own eyes about why this didn't fail, you're not going to get any better. Completely agree. So in the spirit of being the chaos magic primer, 
what are the um what are the steps we need to give people if they want to do chaos magic out of you know nothing i have no idea about any of this stuff where what what can i do right now i don't want to go read a book i don't want to i want you to give me the quick and easy chaos magic without tears that version oh crap see that's oh. the issue that's the issue you can't <laughs> it's very hard to do without bringing up some kind of ritual that is taken from something else, I suppose. Um, well, there is the super easy one of you just tell someone to write down what they want to happen, get rid of all the vowels, get rid of all the repeating letters, mash the letters together to make a symbol, then meditate on the symbol, get a hyper-focus where that's the only thing in your mind, and then crank one out. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, that's the that's the squiggle wank, as friend of the show Ben Beardsley called it. And it's not the best thing you can do, but it's definitely how I've introduced people to doing spooky woo woo before. I think we have to I wasn't spend in the a room with them when they. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, I'm gonna go over here, <laughs> but. But for real, I mean, that's that's a pretty basic one that you can explain to most people in two minutes. I would also say that maybe Lieber Null is good for this as well with just get very good at hyper-focusing on things. Learn how to meditate in the simplest sense of the word of just emptying your thoughts because that sort of focus is going to aid you in just about everything else, whether it's being in the middle of a ceremonial ritual or trying to achieve a state of um, altered consciousness via trance or just being really good at focused on whatever task you have at hand. But beyond that, chaos magic is the empty-handed magician wandering around looking for someone else's wand to pick up i wanted to talk a little bit about sigil magic because it it almost feels like the only specifically chaos magic oriented idea at this point but it came from spare right it came from spare and we all know spare only really got anywhere by being rediscovered by people like Kenneth Grant mostly, but I think it was more of Kenneth Grant's influence on chaos magic and really Kenneth Grant's influence on the greater occult community of England that led it to being such a prevalent thing now. And that's why it gets associated with chaos magic. Oh, I'll agree there. Yeah. I mean, sigils in general are a logical extension of the sort of seals and magic circle type stuff that you see. It's just the idea of creating a glyph or symbol of power and trying to enchant it to do whatever it is it was meant to do. It just takes a very straightforward approach of create a statement of intent and then turn that into the symbol. Right. Instead of finding all the correspondences of 
various other symbologies and cobbling them together in a specific kind of way. Exactly. I suppose that that is also a very chaos magic sensibility, if nothing else. I saw a quote that described chaos magic as the steep incline with no rails. The progress is incredibly fast, but the level of hazard is also is incredibly fast. If you get good and you know what you're doing, you can progress and do a lot of weird stuff really quickly. But if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to go straight over the edge very fast. And I don't think the danger is nearly as much as, oh, you'll drive yourself crazy or anything like that. I think mostly you'll just condemn yourself to a life of fanciful dreaming and mediocrity. But then again, I think magic is real. So <laughs> sounds, sounds about right. At the end of the day, I think the most dangerous thing that can happen to you in chaos magic is meeting other chaos magicians. <laughs> Or listening to them talk about other chaos magicians. Yep, yep. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Mind the cup yeah, stands. This is this is definitely turned very quickly into us looking down our nose at other people. And I feel bad about it too, but at the same time, it's kind of hard not to. It does come from a place of the potential for neat things to happen is there. The potential for this to do positive things in your life is there, but you have to be authentic with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself about these things. And if you don't do that, you're going to just make yourself look really silly. If not to other people, but maybe at the very least to yourself down the road when you go, oh man, what what a schmuck I was. I spent 15 years doing magic and where's it gotten me yeah. on a neighborhood watch list. <laughs> Granted, I go look at what a schmuck I was thinking about last Wednesday. So, Oh yeah. I think that's the other thing to tell people that are getting into chaos magic. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of looking like an idiot. We're all really dumb. Most of the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. are going to look silly and you are going to screw up and you are going to have to be like, man, that was really, really dumb. But if you can laugh about it, if you can learn from it, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You'll be fine. It's only when you take yourself too seriously or you take too much as gospel or you, or, or in the great words of, Robert Anton Wilson, don't believe anyone else's BS and don't believe your own BS. Okay, well, in that case. Do we want to get into a bit of the history? Yeah, let's do it. The shortest version that I can probably give is in the UK in the late 70s, early 80s, is that about right? Mm -hmm. There was a small band of practicing occultists who were interested in ceremonial magic, a lot of them influenced by Crowley and Golden Dawn with probably a, a great smattering of other influences, started 
gathering around this particular coffee shop and occult bookstore sort of deal. It's always the day of bookstores. Well, yeah. Well, where else could you go back then? No internet. Yeah. These people start forming a a loose group of rapid and out there experimentation to try to free themselves from the traditional confines of magic in general. They wanted to try weird and out there things, and they wanted to free themselves from the general dogmatic answers of magic. They were basically tired of people saying, this is how this works. And they were like, well, no, let's see where this, let's see what happens if I do it this way. And it eventually culminates in the Illuminati's of a th- Take two. It uh, it almost it. <laughs> Take three. Basically, it culminates in a group called the IOT, the Illuminati's of Thanateros, and Peter Carroll, Ray Sherwin, Ramsey Dukes, I believe. Sure are the the three prominent people that I can think of. I know there's lots more and I'm probably forgetting people. Sadly, I'm I hate to say it like this. I came to this so late in the game that I only know these people through maybe one or two interviews and then the books of theirs that I've read. I don't know the history nearly as much and I would like to say that I could research it, but it's fact is it's just not that important. None of us are joining the IOT. Look, 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 look at yourself. You're not joining that. You're not doing it. Who cares? <laughs> Face it. It's just not something that most of us are going to do. Most of us are more than happy to do our solitary practice or find a couple people that you actually trust. Most of us, if we were interested in joining a magical order, we wouldn't be doing chaos magic. So anyway... This group forms a lot of the foundational texts start getting written to explain what this, what this school of thought is. And it proliferates into the eighties, into the nineties. It reaches the internet where it takes on much more exciting mutations. As time goes on, it gets to the point now where it is 40 years out from its inception and it's unrecognizable unrecognizable and there's two schmucks trying to explain it to you on the internet (laughs) but i suppose one one notable thing that happened is that the group pretty much fell apart because of something called the ice war Ooh, the ice war which was basically a higher up member tried to make a bunch of (laughs) neo-nazis It was and they were um, like, well, wasn't well, it? Fuck you. That's not cool. It was a divide, right, among the membership. Essentially, wasn't it? Like, right. The 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 English side of uh the group, and then the Germanic side kind of ended up splitting along those lines. Not that everyone that was a a German or other European member of the IOT was like totally cool with being a Nazi, but I think that's sort of the divide that ended up happening. I believe it started in a sect of the IOT that was in Germany. So 
Doesn't that have another one of those fun stories of like someone doing magic while someone's giving a speech and they end up getting a nosebleed? Ooh, you'd have to tell me about that one or maybe maybe call our mutual friend who's very well versed in this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. If we were going to have this conversation, we should have called them up. Either way, maybe we'll just maybe we'll just cut all of this. Hey, <laughs> should we do some of the history? No. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk more about the specifics of the IOT anyway, but we we're just talking about the formative aspects of how we got from Golden Dawn folk witchcraft people in England and then the aforementioned two schmucks telling you about magic on a podcast. I think it is just an interesting thing to note that the big killer of the group besides the overall falling from rep from relevancy, because when you have anarcho romantics as a big part of who wants to join your new system, they're not really big on forming a hierarchy. Well, didn't hierarchy actually break it anyway? Wasn't that the, the big, didn't Ray Sherwin leave over the hierarchical structure and the, dogmatizing of chaos magic right right yeah i believe that is what happened but it's interesting that besides that issue what is the other big thing fucking neo-nazis show up to ruin it to ruin everything of course as always nazis ruin everything aren't you glad that we don't have that problem in chaos magic anymore I guess that's the best segue we have to go into uh, the news this week, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty good at this, right? <laughs> the most beloved section of Chaos Magic News, the uh, headlines. And this week, we have a bevy of expressly magic-related news to get into. So we'll do the usual claw down of the headlines, and then we'll get into the real stories we want to talk about, the stuff that's actually relevant to the occult community, as it were. Sound good? It's chaos, it's magic, and it's news. (laughs) Let's see. Headlines. Five states will consider legalizing recreational... Five states will consider legalizing recreational weed. I, I cannot think of a drug probably more responsible for creating a cultist than that. Oh, yeah. So I don't even mean like the Lieber 420 crowd. Like those folks that are like, oh, yeah, all these old magic, all these old magician people were doing. They were smoking the wacky weed, man. The dope. The dope. <laughs> the pot. The laser lettuce. That sticky icky. The cannabis. The smoky smoke. <laughs> but no, I, I, I honestly couldn't think of a, a drug probably more responsible for weird ways of thinking like that so hell yeah just you know let's uh let's just take the emergency break off of this whole occult revival thing watch people get even weirder oh wow singer aaron carter dead at 34 wait 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 the guy that beat Shaq. yeah i guess Shaq got his revenge that's that's just sad it is sad well was he another well, one of the, I, uh, was he part of Corey Feldman's uh, satanic abuse ritual things going on? Did they kill him to keep him oh, silent? Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ugh, it's probably going to be something really sad. I don't, I just. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I wanted to talk about it more just so I could 
talk about Corey Feldman being a complete wasteoid. Well, the the problem was is that a lot of the things he was talking about, he was vindicated on later. It's just the problem. Right. That's the um, thing. He wasn't wrong about much, but he's also very unstable from what I can tell. And if his music is any indication. <laughs> well, they all can't have the the legendary music career of Mr. Aaron Carter who gave us I want candy and how I beat Shaq. <laughs> I am I am wishing him a a wonderful rebirth in the pure lands. Okay, what else we got? Diner at Ritzy Steakhouse arguing with staff gets stabbed in the back. Literally. Well, that goes back to the most direct forms of magic. Just just stab him, I guess. <laughs> no, that that's that's Was he That was their ritual to get stabbed. <laughs> don't don't argue oh with the staff at your at a restaurant. Just don't do it. Those people have just nothing to lose. In general, don't I mean like, does it say that he got stabbed by a member of the staff? Or was it somebody like, man, I really hate these damn boomers being so entitled, yelling at the wait staff. I'm going to do something about it. Two women eating nearby became irate about the disturbance, so much so that one of the women used a steak knife to stab the 24-year-old in the back. Oh, I was wrong on both counts. He wasn't a boomer, and it wasn't staff. It, and it was just two women that were mad because he was being loud. Apparently, that's what it's looking like. Shut the hell up. I'm trying to enjoy my slam burger. <laughs> <sighs> With the typical headline lust fulfilled, you want to get into the actual? Hold on, hold on. You got to, no, no, no. You I got to come up with a better like one. One more. I mean, those were, those were barely news. Uh, okay. Those are just like, those are just weird. Like, those are just like kind of gawky headlines. Give me something. Black Friday, a good day to make Amazon pay. Ooh. Now that has the makings of a most sincere form of magical attack. Black Friday, an auspicious day for commercial capitalism. Amazon, the giant titan multi-armed multi-faceted money-making egregore dare i say and you're like we're gonna make them pay what what's your plan just not buy shit are we gonna do like the dow like the the non-action it's it's calling for a black friday strike apparently so i'm all about this Ooh, oh boy uh uh mm, chef's kiss I hope that works out for him. Yeah, me too. You kitties better buy local. Yep, buy local. Because <laughs> that two-day shipping's going to get real long. There is something to be said about finding the weak point. What What is the most vulnerable day? And let's hit them right there. I'm all for it. Then I'll probably be mad because I can't get my cozy socks on time. Oh, wow. It must be the season for it. Nike suspends deal with Kyrie Irving over anti-Semitic tweet. The second major player to, to say something anti-Semitic and then lose a, a shoe deal over it. Good. Fuck him? Yeah, fuck him. Again, just the magic, the magic power of saying 
something stupid and getting uh, consequences for it. Yeah, you the magic of fucking around <laughs> so that you may then find out. Find out that you are no longer a billionaire. And the, the problem is, is that Nike is like a horrible, immoral company that uses sweatshop labor and this, that, and the other. So Oh, yeah, and they're only doing it. Up. They're only doing it yeah, to they're help doing their, it because their it own bottom good. line. Yeah, they you it's, like, it's oh, like man, the Disney someone we're working we with had. said something terrible. Shit, hell yes. <laughs> now we can look show everyone how great we are. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have dropped him, but it's still very much like you're still evil, Nike. Yeah, we're not cool, fam. We're not we're not okay just because you said people shouldn't say anti-Semitic things and work with us. You know, maybe focus on yourselves. Still no ethical consumption under capitalism, so, eh. I mean, obviously. Hard hard discussion to have, I suppose. But it is interesting that there seems to be something in the water that is making these uh, very prominent individuals out themselves and then lose a shoe deal. Leading into Scorpio season real hard. Is that a Scorpio trait? My astrology books never mention anything about Scorpio being anti-Semitic line career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that's a real, Oh God. <laughs> All the Scorpios in the comment section now. Yeah, but they're Scorpios. Like we don't, so they'll definitely comment. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause we Scorpios don't get enough shit. You're going to say we're all anti-Semitic. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Real, real cool of you CMN. Okay. Well with that, do we want to, where do we want to start? Do we want to talk about, let's talk about Ray first because we already gave the background. So we won't have to do it again for anyone that stopped paying attention. All right. Do you want me to handle this one? Oh yeah. Well, you found it. This is your whale. Ray Sherwin, as we mentioned earlier, who was a founding member of the IOT and also a very notable author. Uh, the only thing I've read by him is the book of results, but it's a very good book. It gets results. Hmm. He is a very prominent founding father of chaos magic. And he had some things to say about a former associate and other founding father, Peter J. Carroll, regarding a, let's call it a, we'll call it a, attempt at political action via magic. Oh boy. It is called the Knights of Chaos, which I assume is a pre-existing group, but they had a specific campaign regarding the war of Russia and Ukraine as Russia has invaded and attempted to annex large portions of Ukraine. It's been very devastating for the Ukrainian people. And overall, probably scared a lot of us shitless at the thought of World War Three and nuclear annihilation. Yep, yep, end of the world, all that stuff. Peter Carroll's answer to this was to assemble a large concentrated effort of occultists worldwide to turn 
Putin's inner circle and by extension the people of Russia against him to force his hand and put an end to this war. He announced this campaign back in March. It's been ongoing, I assume. He has called for continuous action. I suppose you could make arguments of its success or failure. The only thing we can say that it succeeded in is getting Alexander Dugan's daughter blown up. Ugh, the war has not stopped, the f- but but Alexander, Alexander Dugan's daughter was blown the hell up in a car bomb. That's the only major thing. I really wouldn't want to throw that at the feet of anybody other than the people that did it, is all I can say. But the war is still going on. It looks like it's probably going to be going on for a while. So it definitely didn't stop things. But Ray Sherwin had something to say just three days ago about this. And I won't read the entire statement out, but very much saying that the Knights of Chaos are disrespecting the fundamental individualist stance of chaos magic by throwing themselves at the feet of the military industrial war machine and collectivism. I'm not sure what he means by collectivism in this sense. He is very vague. He refers to the Knights of Chaos with all of the tongue-in-cheek jokiness that a name like that would entail. He talks about a scalibur being broken. He asks about the round table. He even mentions Monty Python and that they clacked coconuts together because they didn't have real horses. Oh, wow. It's mm-hmm. He doesn't name Carol specifically, but he damn sure mentions the Knights of Chaos. He says that he thinks the whole idea was bad. He calls it a failure. He is just not pleased at all. Are there any highlights you want to touch on in there? The highlights, let's see. The efforts of the Knights are an embarrassment to the entire occult community, not only for ethical reasons, but for the fact that it has resulted in total and utter failure. My inclination as someone who has not given up on the original presets of Chaos Magic has been to work for peace, but we should not fall into the naive trap that magic can achieve the impossible. Wow. Wow. That is, uh... For me, for me, that feels like it was tailor-made for you. Would you like to give a a bit of insight? Because I know your brain is already going. Uh, well, and hopefully it will be up on the site by the time this episode goes out. But I wrote an article quite recently that was essentially inspired by another uh, inter-occultist squabble back in March, particularly um, the, and the, the ongoing, so don't get, don't worry folks. We're actually going to talk more about this in a minute. The ongoing, the ongoing fiasco of Gordon White, and the online left of the occult community, but more particularly inspired by Peter Gray's um, 
the la the uh, take five hundred. But more specifically, inspired by Peter's Peter Gray's the latest witch hunt, and uh, and a meme, a meme. Go go ahead and tell us what this article is about. Um, the article is itself about the failure of magic as political action. To well, there not you go. To, yeah, right? to not to not get too deep into it. And you know, you, you can and, read, you, you can and read Sherwin the article. Really on the same boat, huh? Uh, apparently, unless he's unless what he means by an embarrassment to the occult community is that he's like Russia should just dominate all of Ukraine, which I don't think so. But if I'm if we're wrong about that, please tell us. We're not we're not here to support people that are like, oh yeah, new Russian empires. All all that's what we need. Ray Sherwin just like let him have it. I'm not I'm not in Ukraine. <laughs> so. I, I found a meme and it's the simple, you know, poo sitting in the, the chair and then he's, it's poo sitting with the suit meme. But it's, you know, of course, the dumb poo is LOL. Magic ain't real. The the nice suit wearing poo is witchcraft is fun and has potential to create change in one's life before jumping to this image of a, you know, like the Garfield ones where it's like John, I hunger and it's Garfield is like some sort of Lovecraftian eldritch thing. It's one of those, but it's poo. And it says, oh, witchcraft oh, is... don't explain the... <laughs> Do you have to explain the pictures? Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I cut, cut you off the at the wrong of... time. No. You, were get, you were getting to the point. Yeah, the point being, witchcraft is revolutionary in a world where egregores devour life from minorities and the proletariat. And there's more to it, but th that's all you need to hear is that. This idea that you can do magic to solve the major, major issues of class warfare in contemporary society. I will tell you folks, magic can do a lot of things. It's not going to keep you from having to get off your ass and actually do something to bring about major change, especially if your goal as presented in this dumb little meme is the overthrow of capitalism. You're not, no, I mean, I'm I'm complete agreement with Sherwin here for no other reason that unless all of this was just a nice little publicity sort of thing to get occult people aware of the problems of the war in Ukraine and bring support towards it. If these people were seriously doing magic to try and bring about fucking Vladimir Putin's downfall from their fucking wizard towers. They're fucking idiots. They're absolute fucking morons. And they're the worst kind of moron. They're, they're delusional morons who think they're powerful. And even in a collective sense. Goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this, huh? Oh yeah. Yep. That's our unintentional theme here is that these people are delusional and idiots, especially when that it's coming from two people that are so big and so grounding of the practice that we do now. It's disturbing to see that one of them has gone whole hog into this idea of, oh, yeah, we'll just magic up a better world. And then another one just being like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking seen. Why are you doing this? I think part of it is the lack of the magic of stabbing the loud guy in the back in the diner. I mean, yeah, exactly. The... I don't remember if this is a Crowley quote or if this is just something that has been repeated, 
the magical way to open a door is to stand up, walk across the room, and open the fucking door. Well, Christopher Hyatt had something very similar, right? Where he was talking about doing magic. You will find out very quickly that magic is a lot harder than just getting up and doing something most of the time. Yeah, get off your ass and go buy the loaf of bread. Yeah. I feel like there's nothing wrong with doing magic for things, even if you are politically minded. If you want to hypothetically do magic to keep a a super important piece of legislation from coming through and screwing up your country, go ahead. But you've got to do everything else. (laughs) That is your last resort. Well, and that's sort of, I suppose, maybe why Carol wanted to do something like that, because they have virtually no ability to affect change in the Ukrainian-Russian war. Maybe that feeling of powerlessness and impotence and knowing that you can't do anything, maybe that feeling would be better served by figuring out how to organize. If you're at a really crappy job and your boss is really unfair and you realize you're powerless to do anything about it, you can say, oh, how about I do some magic to try to make him act right? But perhaps you would be better served by doing the grand old magic of talking to your coworkers and organizing a little bit. And I understand that that is so much easier said than done. It is very, it's incredibly hard to make a physical stand like that. And sometimes you're in a situation where it's like, maybe the magic works and maybe your boss does get off your fucking case or something. And that's good. If it worked, I'm super happy for you. But if you, sometimes you have to acknowledge that even if your, your own personal issues can be fixed via the, the spooky woo woo, there are large issues that require a lot more than people making sigils and waving wands around. Sometimes you need to, sometimes you need to get off your ass. That's all I can say. And I I know I'm, I'm sure as hell I'm a hypocrite when it comes to stuff like that, but I'm also not organizing widespread campaigns of self-congratulatory wankery. That's the, that's the big takeaway from this for me is that all that effort that Peter Carroll and the various other Knights of Chaos people went in to do that sort of thing could have been spent maybe talking to people that probably, God forbid, didn't agree with you and didn't think that the Ukraine thing was that big deal because I'm sure everyone in your little club already was in agreement that this is a horrible, horrible thing and we should all do something about it. So why didn't you just try to actually bring about some change in the world instead of going for the grandiose thing of, oh, we'll do some magic to turn Vladimir Putin's inner circle against him. Or maybe reach out to any of the multiple groups that are trying to get aid to people who have lost their entire fucking city. Yeah. You know, a lot there's there's lots of little things that you could do. You know, I understand that maybe you don't have the luxury of like pulling a Ukrainian out and being like, hey, how can I help? But there are probably options. And you know what? Maybe 
maybe a lot of the people that were doing this as far as the Knights of Chaos, maybe they were doing that stuff. And maybe this magic thing is just like, you know what? I've got, I, I've tried everything else. I'm, I'm going to, you know, use magic as a little extra credit. Who knows? Maybe it'll work. And if that's the case, then I'll shut my mouth. But I think that there's probably a lot of these would-be Lancelots that decided this was how they were going to make a better world. The idea is that the they were going to commit magical warfare and that was going to fix things. And historically, that has never worked. Cone of power aside. <laughs> what about the V for victory invocation of set that Crowley came up with? That's why we won the war, right? I think we won the war because a bunch of Russians really held Stalingrad for a long time. <laughs> You're, you can't be Russia positive here. We just told you why they're bad. <laughs> I, I, I'm not picking sides. I'm just. <laughs> I don't know. History. I think you you should pick sides in World War II, not for for any other reason. Just because Nazis are pretty fucking despicable. World War II is like the I only mean, that's. If you want to get me talking about World War One, I, I I'll tell you it's a boss's war and there was no good that came from any of it. But World War II at least did something. Nazis and fascists are pretty bad. Oh, yeah. and, and Japanese imperialism, pretty fucking bad. They did some really awful stuff on the coast of China. Yeah, yeah, they did. Of course, um, then we also nuked their very small country to hell and back. And kept our own citizens in camps. Yeah, and then we took over for years. Maybe we're just all, maybe we're all just really, really awful. I mean, maybe. Or maybe mm. we can, we can put Makes... the, maybe we can put the blame on somebody. Maybe a certain, <laughs> certain C word. That dirty, dirty C word. Yeah. But I suppose what we're both getting at is very much the idea of, magic as escapist fantasy to keep you from doing actual political action. Mm -hmm. It's no different than all the good. witches that hexed Trump back in like 2016 and shit. It didn't work. It didn't do it. It didn't do you any good. And it's not because David Griffin took the lightning bolt and his dog got killed. No, David Griffin strangled his dog with his bare hands and then blamed witch talk. Yep. In the spirit of the horrible, horrible things occultists do, and um, especially when they get political about it, do do we want to talk about Gordon White now? Man, you guys thought the ice war was bad? Wait <laughs> till you see the flame war. <laughs> <laughs> so up on Gordon White's um, website, Rune Soup, you know, his blog, he posted an article a couple days ago, and it's got the most edgy title you could imagine. Don't get it twisted. I didn't say forgive. I'm obviously not going is, to go. Is this in regards to the COVID stuff? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what this whole thing's about. But more importantly than the COVID stuff, it's about the people that he fucking hates that bully him online. There's a guy named Sam Block who's dedicated an, an exorbitant. Take There's a guy named Sam Block who has dedicated an exorbitant amount of time to just showing you all the horrible times that. Gordon White said something awful about COVID. The highlight that I've been able to find was um, Gordon White saying that 
there, a certain vaccine did something to your DNA and caused AIDS. Though the big problem for me is that I've not been able to find the full context of this. He's commenting on something and he talks about getting a vaccine just so he could leave the country. But I, I don't know. It's Gordon White is someone that has a lot of, um, I like, I like a lot of their early work and I think that not everything they said about, um, the various power grabs during COVID was completely unwarranted, but I didn't know that they were full blown vaccine. Give you AIDS, uh, crazy at this point. I don't know when that shit I, happened. I I worry, I worry that this is an Alex Jones chemicals in the water turning the frogs gay thing where on its face it sounds crazy and then everybody points and laughs. But when you understand the full context of what was actually being talked about, you realize, oh, shit. Wait. Because. There was actual context yeah. for that? Yeah, the, the, the gay frogs thing, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not. It, it's it's filtered through the Alex Jones crazy brain, so he's he's not correct, but he's talking about something that is a real phenomena that we can document and point at. It it made the frogs gay. It, if I remember correctly, what it did actually was feminize male frogs. Oh, okay. So this isn't them putting chemicals in the water to make the frogs gay. This is industrial pollution of some kind i'm guessing having a negative effect on uh frog right. populations right so the question is is this a case of is this a case of because we're missing context from what he's talking about is there a baseline of truth to what he's saying or is this just absolute insanity based on the rest of this article i think he's gone a little off the deep end because this entire article is just him ranting essentially about <laughs> just ranting about how people are slandering him for saying things about COVID and, and that's not the kind of um, reaction you'd expect from someone that's just relaying information. Well, it's a very polarizing subject. It's a very polarized time. It makes sense to me that, you would get a little touchy when people want to paint you as a crazy person for having for having any kind of stance that deviates from the norm and you immediately get demonized. I can understand being touchy about that. I can understand getting mad. And I don't want to defend him because I have a feeling I'm going to take a look at this afterwards and be like, oh, no, he's, he's absolutely a wackadoo. But I want to check that impulse to just say, okay, this person disagrees with something I think, he must be a nut. Mm. Do you want to you hear this amazing fucking paragraph that he wrote in response? Am I about to eat crow? No, no, it's, um, it's more of getting back to the fact that what we're really talking about here isn't so much about the politics of these people, so much it is that the occult community is filled with people that hate each other and want to argue. I'm sure you all remember my pompous Tory cokehead little stalker still hopping mad at that he isn't and never will be me. 
from memory, Sam is some kind of federal IT bureaucrat, so I guess he knows where his bread is buttered. Only a personality who could endure such a job could also be responsible for the unremittingly boring and lengthy blog posts that always fail to distinguish between what hermetic texts actually say versus the words they contain. The only magic in them is a cure for insomnia. All of this is to say, I guess his dumb little take is not very surprising. And above that, he has a tweet where it's him responding to Marco Visconti. And Sam says, the only place for rune soup, honestly, is down the drain. It'd be it'd been bad for a while, and I really don't know what else to tell people except to stay away from Gordon White's stuff at this point, given all the hubristic, hateful, and violent ranting coming from him in his blog. Give them what they want. Yeah. Hubristic, violent ranting. <laughs> and I, that's that's the big issue here, right? Is that none of this has any effect on legitimate politics. And it's all just people arguing about who they do and don't like online. That's the issue of trying yeah, to cover more occult news than I anything, I think, is that we will, we, if we did, we, so often we would just devolve into this, where it's us saying check out what so-and-so said about so-and-so and and why they suck and this is why this is what they did that's horrible and this is what they did that's horrible because gordon white also goes on to talk about how um uh, aside from calling him a fed which is also the funniest fucking thing in the goddamn world to me because anytime anyone disagrees with you online they're a goddamn fed glowing in the dark yep uh apparently that's well, hate according here, to sam i'm sorry go say that again um he he just has a little bit about where he goes and like oh he says that this that what i do is hate but apparently oh and he says he says it again apparently his grumpy little tory cokehead friends repeated instances of misogyny and homophobia isn't hate fun bonus fact sam is gay like what all this is mm-hmm. it, it's funny mm-hmm. right especially given the um the way um, Peter Gray's article discussed the sort of puritanical rage of these people against people like Gordon and himself. But Gordon's gone completely into the realm of like, oh yeah, well, fucking, he said a, your friend said a bunch of homophobic and misogynistic stuff. You're not getting mad about that. Hmm. Well, I think it's probably important to note that even though you and I both probably went a little closer onto Ray Sherwin's side in that last discussion, it's still just sort of petty bickering from his part. He's taking a shot across the bow at something that arguably he could have kept his mouth shut about because 90% of the people involved or 90% of the people that it might be relevant to were unaware of it and didn't give a shit. And that's almost what this is, too, where it's like, who, on a certain level, it's like, who cares about this petty squabbling and ranting? If the idea is that people shouldn't listen to Gordon White because he's very bad at what he does now or he has some really bad ideas, sure. If you want to make the argument that, that somebody isn't worth your time or that somebody is a really shitty person, so maybe you shouldn't support them you're free to do that as long as we're not like shutting somebody off in a a prison cell somewhere 
you know, all of that is free game. I'm not going to, I'm not going to cry that anybody is trying to censor him, but at the same time, it is a lot of pettiness. It's petty on, it's petty on Gordon's part for sure to, especially from what it, what it appears to be is that he's taking somebody who is, has a much smaller following than him and putting him on blast and mm-hmm. considering it's a cult circles, these circles get real, real small to start with. So, yeah. Niche micro celebrity and... trouncing someone on Twitter. That's all that amounts to. And they didn't even do a particularly a good job. News. Yep. Oh, well, I got to bring this up because this is back in March, but it's another it's an entire list of. Oh, hey, when, that the, Gordon... when the campaign got announced, too. Yep. Yep. It's um, but it's 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 a, got a list of people that Gordon was like, let me tell you about all of these people that are harassing me on Twitter that I'm fucking sick of. Oh, Michael Hughes. This man is obsessed with me. I now have years of screen grabs sent to me of his unhinged, legally slanderous, bad faith and just plain false statements. Uh, if if we lived in the same country, he would be under a restraining order. Oh, Marco Visconti. This is actually the person because I follow Marco on Twitter and I saw something else that eventually led me down this rabbit hole, which is fun. But I've only met this man once briefly in my last London event, but his reputation in British occultism preceded him and certainly not in a good way. However, early last year, he decided that I was to blame for him getting COVID with no mention of the many nights he spends up till 5 a.m. spitting out hostile and low quality takes on Twitter being a potential comorbidity. <laughs> I don't Maybe know what Marco... Maybe you got some sleep and took your emergency <laughs> and your vitamin C and your zinc instead of being a grumpy gush, you wouldn't have gotten COVID. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I just think it's kind of funny that it's like, yeah, maybe that's... you should get some sleep, bro. Aren't you dizzy? <laughs> <laughs> Go touch grass and then wash your hands. <laughs> uh, um, it's funny because I don't particularly care for Marco either. I've dealt with them in the Lema related areas before, and they're just incredibly boring to me. They're one of those people that's very big on like, how, what's the Lima going to be in the next 20 years? How are we building and stuff? And it's like, you're not. It's going to die. Just accept it. The fact that the OTO has made it this long is nothing less than an absolute fucking miracle. It's just going to be Gunther in the Jimmy Page Playhouse. <laughs> yeah, just it, it's going to be Gunther and William Breeze recording a Led Zeppelin cover album in Boleskine. And that's when Thalema will that die. That is the end of Thalema. Oh, yes. And this ties into the other final bit of occult news I wanted to talk about because he also brings up Georgina Rose. Good old Da'at Darling. If you guys don't know who um R- Georgina Rose is, she's fairly big on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. She has her own podcast. She's, um, I don't know what it's called and I don't really care because I'm not promoting her. For obvious reasons, it's in a probably minute. a much more it's probably a much better and more successful podcast, and we are going to get so so ratioed. Oh, we're definitely going to get ratioed. It's because she has. I mean, we're fans. signing our we're signing our death warrants with this entire episode, really. Yeah, I mean, 
that's what happens. We talk about actual occult news and we just have to sit here and go like, yeah, occultists are dumb and they want to fight with each other about nonsense. We should have stuck to making fun of barely news headlines. Yeah, we really should have. Um, apparently, Gordon, someone says that Gordon like gave her a death threat or something. Whatever. Huh. I mean, obviously, they're going to say that it didn't happen, but, you know. Oh, and then after that, there's a whole section that's just COVID for morons, and it's all these statistics, and yeah, yeah. Ugh. Vaccine mandates, making me wear a mask, this, that, and the other. I mean, I'd, I don't want to get into it beyond that. It's just like this. I, I feel like maybe it's worth noting that Gordon's takes aren't particularly unique. No, especially just, for being a chaos magician. They're just they're- coming from... Yeah, that's what I was saying. They're just coming from a person who has, as we said, micro niche celebrity status. Right. In that case, the last little bit, and it's not even really news. It's just incredibly funny to me. Uh, the aforementioned dot darling Georgina Rose was uh, found arguing in the wild with a pro-Russian LaRoucheite fascist. If you guys don't know who Lyndon LaRouche is, please look this man up. He is an absolute fucking insane nutbag it it is it's not funny in the harm that he actually caused to people but it's fucking hilarious like what a train wreck and ridiculous person this guy is he is i mean he's dead now i think and thank god for it but the actual tweet just says omg red alert dirt darling a pagan white supremacist is literally beefing with pro-russian larushite fascist and i feel like i'm in the 1993 marvel dc crossover but everyone is awful and that's from at n8te for you so i guess nate for you with uh numbers uh, uh wait, wait wait so so she's a white supremacist Right, that's what I was getting at. That's that's why I was. Oh, getting, okay. that, oh, this is why I was oh, saying right, that I right, right. I'm not supporting her and I'm not into her. I'm not I'm I'm not trying to Got get people to go it. check her out because. Right, right, right. I mean, is, was, there, uh, is there any validity to that? I, as far as I've seen, she's been accused of like personal in her like Discord and stuff, saying very racist and turfy things. Ooh. But if you okay. look at her, if you look at right. if you look at the stuff she posts, I think, oh, this is what it was. She posted a tweet about Nick Land being the reincarnation of Aleister Crowley. <clears throat> mm, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I I already the I already see where that's going. Um. Oh, she got dropped from a book deal from Wiser. She was writing something called Begin with True Will, Living Thalama in the Modern Aeon. And that book got dropped because she posted a tweet that said, Nick Land is the actual reincarnation of Crowley. And if our fair listeners don't know who fucking Nick Land is, have fun with that. We're not going to talk about it because Nick Land is a fucking trip. We could do a whole episode on Nick Land just being an absolute fucking nutbag who's incredibly magical, but an absolute fucking deplorable nutbag in a lot of ways. I I think, you know, I, I made the joke earlier of, aren't we glad these people aren't in chaos magic still? I wasn't, I, I didn't realize how right I was. <laughs> 
I mean, I mean, that's that's plain and simple. Is like, yeah, I, I, there's definitely these people running around, but hell, you just pointed at one. Yep. Um. It. It. If you if you check I'm out her Twitter, which again, you, you 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 check out her Twitter again, and you shun it. You don't just don't 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 ever get on Twitter and look for magic things. Just use it to get like fucking memes. But if you look at her Twitter, she's incredibly like trad in a lot of ways. Though she is a thelemite, and then of course. In the way that all sort of esoteric people's political and magic ideas end up getting culminated together. People like Nick Land and people like fucking Dugan and Ganon and all Mold of bug. those. Moldbug. Well, Moldbug and fucking Land have huge connections. Like, Nick Land is the guy that made people know who the fuck Moldbug is. Oh, right. That's true. That's true fucking dirty dirty people yeah and the and the way you would think that like people who appreciate nick land would be the the first to be against sort of trads but you know politics makes strange bedfellows they all hate liberals so they'll just rant about liberals being the worst thing and democracy being terrible and all that good stuff so the long and short of it is this has been the actual occult news coverage that we've decided to give you today and you should just count your lucky stars that we don't deep dive into occult news more often because boy is it a whole lot of this clowns to the left jokers to the right right yep and and it's one of those things that i think for the most part as much as these people would like to be dangerous or powerful or influential, they're just not, which makes them laughable, I guess. It makes them laughable. That's almost my issue with, like, oh, we, it, anyone that wants to, like, deplatform Gordon White, for instance. How much pull do you think Gordon White really has, honestly? A large portion of the people that watch him hate watch him, so... Yeah. Although it is kind of funny that Gordon White is making a post that is pretty much like a Chris Chan or a Cyrax. You damn dirty trolls have been harassing and stalking and uh, blah, 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 blah. you know, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah, I'm pretty amused by it. Ugh. I mean, we're saying it's funny now, but we've made so many enemies on here. I mean, God forbid any of the like we're just lucky that nobody actually listens to this oh yeah and if we get big later if we get if we get big in any sort of capacity later we will be instantly canceled by the time they go to episode four i guess it depends on how well people handle getting shit talked but mr white doesn't seem to handle it very well so we might have to start putting up the magical fortifications i think more than anything what what we'll end up getting is a another blog post saying so-called chaos magic news they barely research anything they could they call themselves news when all they did was read my blog and then run on twitter for a couple minutes and they want to act like they know what the fuck's going on with anything which is fair well, we but beat them to the punch yeah, yeah exactly I mean, yeah. you know like yeah i mean that that's a great criticism gordon have fun you know yeah. blocking me on twitter after this <laughs> <laughs> all right well as a palate cleanser to get over the horrors of spending an entire episode essentially shit-talking every other magician and then including shit-talking them for shit-talking each other. Yeah. How goes the work? Um, 
I've got to take a piss. (laughs) Do you want to give me that again? Yeah. So as a palate cleanser to all of the horrible things we just said, how goes the work? Um, Well, I think mostly the work for me going forward is going to be putting up a tremendous amount of wards to keep us from being destroyed by the oncoming wave of magical attacks. Yeah. But other than that, other than that, you know, uh, the Libra K thing is, is chugging along pretty well. It's, it is picking up pace, which is, you know, it's, it's nice. I struggled so much in, as, uh, I got through the, the first sections, but I'm, I kind of even put the stuff that I knew I wasn't going to be as good at towards the front. And now I'm getting to the stuff like, Oh, I, I can already, I'm already pretty good at this. So let's go. Balling. But I don't, I don't want to get into too many specifics, but it, you know, it's all right. Cool. Cool. How about you? Oh, it's going, going, gone. Permanently gone. Gate, gate, potter gate, potter sam gate. No, honestly, it's it's good right now. I'm undertaking a really big thing that's going to take carry me through into the next year. So, and I just started that like before Halloween, so it'll be interesting stuff. We'll see what comes of it. You know what? I will I will get into one specific that maybe it's a good reminder for people because we were just talking about those basic daily foundational practices. I neglected mine for maybe about three or four days. And I was walking around going, gee, why do I feel so shitty and miserable? And it's like, oh, it's because you're not doing the stuff you're supposed to. Way to go, mm-hmm. dick. Yep. That's all it comes so down to, this folks. This is your reminder. Yep. You know, don't, don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't go, oh, geez, I missed all this time. Just go do it because I, I meditated. I did my banishing and my, my body work and all that stuff, and I felt amazing afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would actually give people the, um, the opposite advice because my routine was completely smashed by um, going to a concert last night and – um it was good to just go out there and have an experience that uh, ended up being incredibly magical in a way. And, uh, but it, it, it gave me renewed vigor when I woke up today to be like, ah, fuck, I didn't do any of the things I was supposed to do shit, but I had a really good time and I, I felt mildly hungover. But other than that, I felt fucking great and it really inspired me to get back to things. So give yourself a break. Just take, just do it now. Just whatever you can be in the middle of a ritual right now, listening to this and just stop. I might even cut that last part. I don't think it's even fucking relevant at this point. Oh, I thought we were taking a break. Oh, <laughs> awful. And with that, this has been chaos magic news. The only media outlet that rejects the devil, but not all of his works as always. If you're going to paint a, big target on your back make sure it's got eight points you can find us on twitter at chaos magic news we're on facebook and instagram our website chaosmagicnews.com has articles and interviews and all of that good stuff anything you could possibly want from us and with that uh charles would you like the last word just remember chaos magic is the doctor but chaos magic news is indeed the monster (laughs) all right folks we will see you next time 
Thanks for listening. Yeah, but first I want to hear, what is the coolest kind of bean? Um, I, uh, the coffee bean, obviously. Oh man, good answer, never mind, I gotta change mine. What was yours? I was gonna say the cocoa bean. The cocoa bean, nah, both, both acceptable beans. Neither of us said pinto, so I think I'm cool with that. Uh, acceptable beans, that, that's gonna be our new band. <laughs>